Welcome to the Camilla Show podcast. We talk life and business and help you stop just thinking and start doing. Introducing your host, who went from a broke single mum to making six figures in just over six months. She is honest, she is feisty, and somewhat entertaining. She is Camilla. Today we're going to talk about reaching your goals and making it in life. The scientific research says that only 8% of people in the world reach their goals, whatever the goals goals are. This is actually research that I've taken. I, I can't tell you the exact um, numbers or like, what they looked at, but you often hear about the 10%ers. Some people call themselves the one percenters, but let's call it the, the 10% of people. So how to be the 10% of people who reach their goals, not just in business, but in life as well. My idea of it is just fucking do it it's not hard but let's let's break it down because it's probably harder than that okay I'll, I'll i'll give you that so i'm going to give you a few points and i'll expand into them and hopefully that will uh, that will help you so i've got for you seven points on how to make yourself the 10 percent. how to ensure that the goals that you set yourself that you get success from them and what makes you different. And I'll tell you what I think makes people different and what makes 90% of businesses fail and only 10% last past the three-year mark. So a lot of successful people have big dreams and you'll go through life listening to the naysayers, the people who will tell you you can't do that, who will laugh in your face. How many times have you said to someone that you want to have a Ferrari, or you want to you want to have a million, you want to be a millionaire, you want to have a million pound house, and they literally laugh in your face. But that's good. You need to have your goals big and think big. The bigger the goals, the better. But then you need to begin with the end in mind and work backwards. Only because people don't have the same goals as you and the same needs and desires doesn't mean that you are not entitled to to reach for what you want. It means that they don't know how to do it or they don't know how to get it. And they are transferring their fears onto you. They are excusing their behaviors or lack of achievement by trying to help you. But they're not helping you. So just ignore them. Just thank them for for their advice and move on and ignore them. But in order to get to your goal, it's not as simple as thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire next year. Okay, well, that's great. But you think that's, you know, I've had a great evening. I've set this goal. Off I go now and I'm, now I'm going to do my thing. What next? You wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, fuck, where do I start? And this is the problem. The goal is so big that you don't know how to achieve it. So begin with the end of mind. To achieve what you want to achieve, you need to know where you're heading. However, you need to have a roadmap. So the best thing to do it is people always talk about vision boards and some, some people may say this is fluffy, like I don't want to do that. I think it's really important because you need to be able to visualize and see in front of you what you want to achieve, where you are going. Because when you're going through pain and through difficulty, you need to have that end goal in mind that it's okay because that's getting closer. The vision boards to me are really important. So I'm going to go through all the points first and then I'll go into them in more detail. So number one, begin with end in mind. Number two, build support network around you. Number three, follow successful people. Number four, set specific and challenging goals. Number six, recognize when you are procrastinating. And number seven, find a work pattern that works for you. 
So now let's go back, let's go into it in more detail for you. So begin with the end in mind. So like I said, think big, have a big dream, have a big vision. Not something completely unreachable. You want to be a billionaire in the next two years, uh, but something that's you know you can achieve, and then break it down. So create your vision board. I would say that's the most one of the most important things and profound things for me is I sat down and people were telling me to do this for a while and I avoided it. I didn't want to do it. Then I sat down. I made my vision board. And on my vision board, there was the house, there was the car, there were the holidays, there was my health, my fitness, my family, my social life, things that I wanted for myself. You have to be selfish. Think about yourself and what you want. As species, as humans, we are selfish by nature. That's okay because that's going to be your driver. So create the vision board and be really honest on it and what you want to achieve and what you want to, to do. Hang it somewhere that you see it every single day. Every single day that you walk past it, you look at it and you think, that's what I'm going to be. And I actually, within my vision board, I wrote numbers. So I wrote down numbers on how much I want to earn, how much monthly income I want to have and how much earned capital I want to have by when. And that was really important. And I'll tell you now, people walked into my house because my vision was hanging in my kitchen. Uh, people walk into my house and laugh in my face about my goals. And I'll tell you my goals were to have £15,000 a month um, profit income per month. Um, and I think £200,000 in capital saved in a year from me, sort of creating the board. Um, and people would laugh. They think that's ridiculous, that's unreachable. So I want, I want to have the income and the saved money. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good for you. That's not going to happen. So let them laugh, but you want to have that in front of you. And then create roadmaps. So once you have your goal on paper, write down what you need to get there. And you need to walk backwards. So if you say that you want to earn your first £100,000, turn over £100,000 and break it down, look at the time scales that you put yourself in place. And let's say you've got a year and in a year you want to build a business that turns over £100,000. I think that's more than reasonable. You can easily do that if you choose the right strategy. So it depends where you are, what you're good at, what you can expand into quite quickly. Work backwards. So how much per month does that mean? How much are your product um, sales? How many do you need to sell per month to be able to do that? So I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to take it back to property because um, I kinda, I'm from property background, so it's easy for me to associate that and hopefully for you too. So let's say your aim is to create £10,000 a month income from a deal packaging business. By the way, you need to be thinking bigger than that because ten grand a month is nothing if you're in that kind of area. But let's say ten grand a month because if you're somebody in a job right now, earning two, three grand a month, then to you, 10 is probably quite, you know, you might think you're pushing it. So to me, having a deal pack in your business, that means that you need deals and you need investors. Okay, so that's, I would put that as a separate little bubble. Then how do I get investors is the next thing. Are you networking enough? What are you doing currently? Think about honestly about what you're doing currently. If you're attending one networking event per month, that's not enough. Are you going to the same networking event? What kind of people are there? Are you getting any success? How do you portray yourself? How do you speak to people? Are you recognisable? Do people know about you? Consider all of those things. Really analyse your current situation because you need to know where you are to know where you're going. So straight away, 
if you go into one networking event per month in your area and nobody really knows you that well because you don't speak to many people and you don't get much success of having investors within that who you want to work with, then you're doing it wrong. So take the steps back again from that. It's like, I want more investors. First of all, you already go into that one networking event. How can you make yourself to be the person to go to to find them the deal? Like, how do you do that? Next thing is, actually, what kind of people come to that networking event? What kind of people get there? And do you have to expand your horizons? Do you need to go out of the area? How about you attend networking events somewhere else? So you need to increase the number of events you attend. You need to open up your area. And I would also break it down and open it up to um, business events. Because when you go into a property networking event, everyone in, in there is doing property. And the likelihood is there's a lot of deal packages within there that are looking for investors. It's just what happens. Open up your mind and look for other networking opportunities. Look to social media. Get good at what you do and tell people about it. Let them watch you. Build this pipeline over time. So that's your investors. So that you work, you're working backwards. That's one of your bubbles. My next bubble within a deal packaging business would be how do I find deals? And then to find deals, you have to have relationships of agents or find vendors directly. And again, what are you doing currently to get that? Why are you just inquiring to view some properties whilst they're on right move? That's not enough. That's not enough. You're not going to be successful as a deal packager if you just keep an eye on right move and book a viewing whenever something pops up. You have to make an effort. So again, how many agents can you go to and see on a regular basis? Have one point of contact within that agency. Be pers- have your perseverance. Be consistent. It's really important. A lot of people start, go all in. They don't finish. Plan your diary. There's a great book to read if you haven't um, read it already called um, Routine Equals Results by Rob Moore. Is This is a recommendation for the book. And structure your diary because if you're in a job, then you, 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 your excuse will be, I haven't got time. I'm telling you right now, that's a fucking stupid excuse. You always have time. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to listen to it because when I started, I had a full-time job. I had two young kids who weren't at school and I built my business in a time that I didn't have. You can create that time, but you have to sacrifice things. You can't have everything at this point, maybe later on, but right now you have to make sacrifices. So plan your diary, go and see agents, try to get in their special book on that special board in, in the back office where they've got the investor's details that you'll get contacted when something comes, comes through. Go direct to vendor, go and speak to people, go network, go tell everybody about what you do, that you're looking for deals. Direct vendor marketing, go and walk the streets. You need to find your deals and you need to put the effort into it. So you've got your two bubbles. You've got how do I get investors? How do I get deals? So that's how you're growing. That's how you're starting. If you want £10,000 per month income from a deal packaging business, how many deals per month do you need to get? How much are you going to charge? What are you going to focus on initially? Another mistake that I feel a lot of people make within this business is that they just try to cover everything. And I don't believe in that. I mean, sometimes deals come to you later on that you weren't looking for specifically, but that's at the back of the work that you've already done. When you're starting, pick one strategy that you want to focus on deal packaging. Pick one thing, get good at it, and then move on. Then you can expand and take other things or things will fall into your lap that you didn't, we weren't looking for, but that doesn't come immediately. The biggest mistake that people make, they try to deal package everything. So they go out there, they don't have one aim in mind, 
They just go for everything. Oh, maybe I'll find a lease option. Oh, maybe I'll find a HMO. Maybe I'll find a buy-to-let. Oh, there's a big commercial conversion. Oh, there's this build, you know, um, I don't know, the, the new build um, houses I could build. This, 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 this plot's got planning permission. And your focus is just not on one thing because you haven't got your investors. You're not known for doing deals. And you, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to make it that way. Start with your buy-to-let. Find a high-yielding area and find the investors that want hands-off investment and want to put their money in and make decent monthly profit from, from those deals. But it's a secure investment. Focus on one thing, get good at it, shift your 70-20-10. It's really important. And so then how many per month of those little deals do you need to make the 10 grand? Then think pipeline. Allow fall through rates. Don't be too optimistic, too ambitious. Things are going to fall through. It's just what happens. So be prepared for it. If you prepared for that and it doesn't happen, awesome. If you think everything's going to go through and then half of it doesn't, then you're going to feel really disappointed. So in your calculations and how many numbers you need to get through per month, allow the fall through rates. That's really important as well. Use social media. I've mentioned that before, but it's really, really important. We live in a world where we've been given this social media, this platform for free to use and people don't utilize it and don't use it. Don't be afraid what people will say. Just be you. Do your thing. Grow. Because what's going to happen when you get successful, they'll come to you. But they only come to you once you've tested the ground. And they still won't do the same thing because you have to go through the pains that they're not prepared to take. So use the social media, tell everyone about what you do, give people value, um, network, help others. I think business is about good karma and karma comes your way. If you help others, people will help you back. If you give, then eventually you'll be able to take. Don't give with taking in mind. It doesn't come straight away. Just give because you want to help, because you want to give value, because you want to engage with people and what will happen the world will bring things back to you when you don't expect them. Be consistent and persistent. And it's really, really important, like I said before. So that's your number one point, your first point um, about begin with an end in mind and work backwards. And hopefully the example has helped you. Number two, build support network around you. This is really, really important. And I would say majority of people are missing this because they don't want to, they, they assume they have to pay or they don't want to pay or they think it's a scam or, well, they can just do it by themselves and Google everything. High performers don't do it alone. You need to understand that in order to achieve more and do it quicker, you need a mentor, you need a coach, or you need an advisor. If you think about it, if you want to get better at tennis, would you just turn up on a tennis court and just keep trying and failing and trying and failing when you don't know anything about tennis and just keep going until you get good at it? Yeah, you could do. But would you get a coach who knows how to play, who knows the tricks, who's made the mistakes, who can help you to avoid making the same mistakes and will help you to focus on the right things that will get you to your goal quicker? Well, that's okay in, in fitness, that's okay in, you know, diet and lifestyle. It's normal to get coaches. But when it comes to your mind and business, that's a scam. Yeah, this is the biggest money-making thing that's going to help you in life. It's okay to pay someone to get you a six-pack. but It's not okay to help someone to make you a million or more. I mean, think about it. It's stupid. 
But that's how the world works. For some reason, everyone still assumes that if you pay somebody to help you be successful in business, not do it for you, to help you, to lay the road in front of you, that that's stupid. You need to think again. Look at any high performers. They had mentors. They had coaches. They had people that they went for dinners with and for coffee with and they just exchanged the information. Build a network of experts who care about your progress. Meet regularly. Ask them for advice. Ask them for help and listen. People also make the wrong assumption that if you have a mentor, they will chase you for success. It doesn't work that way. If you have a mentor, then use them, utilize them, ask them for help. They don't know what you need at that moment because your needs are very different. They have the information within them. If you think about, let's, let's think about a book. All the information is in that book. Well, the book's not going to come to you and say, oh, do you need this or that or the other? Like you have to go to it and get that information out of it. All the information's within it, but you're the one who has to open it and you're the one that has to pull the page number 21 and read the chapter. It's exactly the same with mentors. You have to go to them. And there's so many people that I know I'm regularly in contact with that don't utilize their mentors. I honestly think that a huge part of the reason that my business has grown so hugely since I've had a mentor is because I act as my mentor and I ask and I ask and I ask and I ask. Maybe sometimes nag a little bit, but I get all the information. They're there. They don't mind helping me when I come to them. In fact, they said to me that they rather I come and ask and be the, the more persistent and needy mentee and get the results than me not ask and not get them. Because also for them, that's a great testimonial of who they are as a mentor. And then because you care about your journey so much, you inadvertently you develop a friendship and they start caring for you and your business as well. But they will not care about your business if you don't care about it. If you don't have enough fire in you to get you to where you want, they're not going to care for you on your behalf. You have to have that within you. Number three, follow successful people. It links in with the previous um, statement about building support networks, but this is a little bit different. So rather than having a mentor, which I think you should do this on top, I would follow successful people within your business area or within your chosen area and not copy them. That's again, I'll say not copy what they do exactly, but use the skills that they teach you. There's so much free content out there. There's so many people sharing their stories, their journeys, and it baffles me how many people don't utilize it. I can watch one video of somebody in the field where I want to be at a stage where I want to be at, ask one question, watch one video and make a ton of notes and implement them into my own journey in my own way immediately and think this was like gold. And this was free content to everybody else who listened, the thousands of views this video got. Yet none of them have used it. And I'm like, this guy has just given you the secrets of his business and why he was successful and you didn't use it. I'm literally like jumping for joy thinking this is like amazing. He's given me the roadmap. So use what you've got around you to your advantage. Listen, absorb the information, be creative, hybridize ideas. It's really important. It's so easy to do these days and people don't do it enough. 
So on top of your mentors, follow successful people within your field and let the ideas feed your brain with where you want to go and what you can do. Because the best ideas are those that are hybridized from other people's ideas. Then number four, set specific and challenging goals. So there's, there is actually research on this. I've done, I've done my research here for you guys. So research by Edwin Locke and Gary um, Laven found that people followed um, people when people follow these two principles. So setting specific and challenging goals, it led to higher performance ninety percent of the time. And that kind of links in with the first point. But if you're not specific enough about your goals, if you just say, I want to lose four stone by the end of the year, yes, it might be challenging, but it's also too vague and it's not specific enough. But if you tried this instead, so during June, I will lose five pounds by reducing sugar, breads and fizzy drinks. I will also walk briskly for 20 minutes daily. Now, that's a very specific goal. And what's going to happen, the accumulation of that, of being specific and losing five pounds every month is going to help towards your final goal. That's more achievable. That's more clear. You know exactly what to do in order to get to your final goal, which is, let's say, in 12 months time. But you are going month by month step by step you have a very clear vision on a journey that you're going and you know where you're going because you can see your goal in a distance it's really important number six recognize when you are procrastinating so i will actually do a whole podcast episode on this because i think this is really really important for anyone in business um in life in general if you're aiming towards goals i think we are the worst at procrastinating like how many times have you sat there and just ready in your office to do a load of work, something you've been putting off for ages, and you sit down and suddenly you can't work because you've got to clean the office. So you start cleaning the office and clearing everything out. Then the rest of the house needs cleaning. So you you clean the rest of the house. Then, oh, this also needs doing because actually this pile of ironing has just been just accumulating there and you need to get rid of it because right now you can't focus your brain until that's gone. Then you're a bit hungry, so you're going to have some lunch. And then actually you've been sat indoors all morning. Like you need to get out for a bit of a walk. And then something else and then something else. And by the time you know it, you haven't done any work that you wanted. So what is procrastination? Is the opposite to motivation. Motivation leads you to satisfaction. There's positive emotions. Procrastination leads you to frustration, to anger and negativity. You need to cut procrastination. And in order to cut procrastination, you have to be honest with yourself. Stop lying to yourself to make yourself feel better. Give yourself a slap on the face when you need it. I do this all the time. I'm really really good about, you have to be self-aware. I feel that I'm quite good at it. I know when I'm being a bit of an idiot. I know when I'm being a bit of a diva. I know when I'm procrastinating. And I have words of myself. I'm like, just get the fuck with it. Like, what are you doing, girl? Like, do you want to just sit here and talk about how hard it is and how sad you feel for yourself and how everything's really hard and everyone's at you and you haven't got enough time in a day? Or are you just going to sit sit down and rather than talking to yourself for, for 10, 15 minutes about how hard your life is, you're going to put pen to the paper and do what you've been trying to do for like the last three weeks? Yes. 
and I still procrastinate and sometimes, but I know how I work. So this will lead on to the next point, but let me help you with procrastination for now. So work back from your deadlines. So again, linking into the first step, um, go backwards. So if you have a deadline, work out how long it's going to take you to get there, what time you've got in a day, fill your diary um, appropriately. Have your to-do list, prioritize and schedule. This is really important. And if you're someone who likes that, then that'll naturally come to you. If you're somebody like me, who is just chaotic and hates that kind of stuff, and you put it in front of me and I'll fight it, then you have to make yourself do it a little bit harder. But it's really good to get things out of your head. I love the list because they look very pretty. I don't like to follow them. But I know that once I get things out of my head, I can relax a little bit. Sometimes I know what I need to do, but I just can't focus on other things because the amount of stuff to do is just so big in my head that it stresses me out. So get it out on paper. Do your list, prioritize the most important and urgent tasks and schedule appropriately. And focus on one task at a time. Multitasking is bullshit. Like we all say women can multitask. Yeah, we can multitask when it comes to active things like talking to your children whilst cooking dinner and trying to not, you know, it's, it's just we can, we can do things like that when it comes to brain activities, when it comes to business planning and creating content and doing that kind of, you know, mind work. You can't multitask as much as you want to and you try to, you want to prove to everyone that you're a fucking superhero. It's not going to happen, so just don't do it. Focus on, focus on one task at a time. That's why prioritizing and scheduling and, do, and creating your to-do lists is so important. And just tick off one thing at a time. You still got this pile of things to do. You're still going to do them. You're just going to do them well. It's not going to be... It's going to be less damaging because actually multitasking is damaging to your brain. You end up splitting your focus over so many tasks, you lose focus and you lower the quality of your work. So split your large goals into chunks and take little steps. It, make you feel, it makes you feel more productive and it makes you feel like you are succeeding. Like Imagine trying to reach Kilimanjaro. You wouldn't just start walking for five minutes and go, well, so we'll never fucking work I'll never get there so I might as well give up because if you just think in one day like you want to reach Kilimanjaro that's not going to happen but if you break it down into days and in day one you want to go from point a to point b and when you get that that's a success and you also now you know I don't know a tenth of the journey that you need to take in order to get to to the the summit that makes you feel better that makes you feel more positive you're in a better mindset and whilst you're doing your day one, getting from point A to, uh, to B, which is achievable, enjoy the fucking view and enjoy the journey because life is for living and you cannot forget that. So break things down and focus on one task at a time and know yourself. So this, this goes into um, with the last point, which is find a work pattern that works for you. Um, and this deserves its own episode as well. So I'll do a separate one for that. There's so many things that people talk about. The 5am club, the work for half an hour, have five minute break, the work for 67 minutes or whatever it is, and then have, I can't remember what it is, or 63 minutes, have 17 minute break. There's so many different things. We'll have to cover it separately. But find what works for you because what worked for Joe is not going to work for you necessarily. And you trying to make yourself be like Joe is not going to help you. So listen to yourself. 
Think about the the positive things about you and the negative things that you don't like, but think how you can work within that, knowing yourself, and find a work pattern that works for you. Like for example, the the five a.m. club. I've tried to be in it. It doesn't work, and I tortured myself over getting into this fucking five a.m. club. And I know that for me, it just does not work. But I am a night owl. My brain is so active as soon as the night falls. My kids are in bed, and I have a million and ten ideas, and I can stay up to one, two o'clock in the morning doing work, and I feel alive. Wake me up at five a.m. and tell me to do the same. I will moan. I'll be horrible. My brain does not work. I'll just be upset about being up, and I'll be the most horrible person to deal with for the next, for the whole day any, anyway. And I'll be the least productive you ever see me because I'll be knackered. Um, I'll be in bad mood. It just does not work. So I know my strengths, and to me, my most productive times are in the evening. And I hear all the time, get into the five a.m. club, or you're gonna lose, and this is all. You know, you should if you're not doing this. I really don't care, and I couldn't care less anymore because I know myself. And I know that whilst they're up between five, you know, till eight, they say this is the quiet hours and no one disturbs you. Well, yeah, that's fine. No one disturbs me between 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And I do some great work during that time. So, fuck you, motherfuckers. Don't know whether we should cut this out or not. Let's leave it in. (laughs) But find a pattern that works for you and understand yourself and play to your strengths. Don't try to be like Joe. Don't try to be like Kate. Be yourself. It's really, really important. I'm going to summarize quickly um, for, for those of you who are still listening, hopefully, to the end of this podcast. These are the ways on how to be the 10% of people who reach their goals in life and business. I would say just fucking do it. But for those of you that think that there's more to it than that, um, step one, begin with end in mind. Step two, build support network around you with mentors, coaches, advisors, um, people who want to support you on your journey. Step three, follow successful people. Step four, set specific and challenging goals. Step five, recognize when you are procrastinating. Step six, find a work pattern that works for you. And I think that's it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode. If you know anybody who would find this helpful, please share. I would love for you to leave some reviews and follow me on social media. But thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Camilla Show podcast. You can follow Camilla on Facebook by searching for Camilla S.A. Girl or Camilla Sholek or by visiting www.sagirl.co.uk. And remember, let's make some waves. Coming for everything you said, I could never got my own back.